Well, welcome everybody. Welcome online to everybody. I apologize. I know that uh, we're about half hour, maybe 35 minutes behind what we normally are in terms of going live. But I have a story for you. <laughs> and people here didn't know it either, um, except for the fact that they know that we just went um, worship. Uh, about an about a extra 35 minutes or so. Um, although you have to understand, and they know this here, we don't have a policy of how much worship we do. We don't have a policy of really timing of anything. You know, I, I may preach for 10 minutes. God may speak longer than that. And he probably will. But it's not preset. It's whatever he wants. That's truly what we believe and, and, and the way we try to set everything. And this morning, it was uh, maybe about, usually we go on about 11.30, try to somewhere in there, and it was a little after 11.30 and they were still on a song. And, and the Lord said something to me, and, and it, it, right now I think it's hilarious. At the time, I'm like, why are you asking me that? You know, I'm thinking they're on the last song. And... Um, the Lord said, uh, um, how would you feel about more worship this morning? And I said, I said you know, that's kind of a silly question. Um, <laughs> how do you want me to feel about more worship this morning? And I, I said, of course, of course. You know, whatever you want, if that's what you want, then absolutely. And I didn't think another thing about it. And And then... In between, right after the next song, it, Brooke leans over to me and she says, I, I, I'm not sure what to do because the Lord's really laid two more songs on my heart to do this morning. And I know we're already past the time. And what, what should I do? <laughs> then it all came flooding back to me what the Lord had said. And, and that, that's, you know, he, he not only wants our commitment with our mouth, he wants our commitment with our, our acts, our deeds, our follow through. And so I, I just said, whatever you want, whatever the Lord, just make sure it's the Lord telling you. But what it, we could be here for hours if the Lord is telling us to be here and worship for hours. Right. And what he does, he's so good. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. I want to share a, a vision that Jim had texted me during that. And I thought about asking permission. I know he'll give me permission, but... but uh, um, I don't want to set a precedent, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. (laughs) But he sent me a vision during worship, and I want to read it to you because it has to do with where we're at. It has to do with today. It has to do with where we were yesterday, right? Where we were the day before. Understand something today we celebrate Pentecost. Now, actually, Pentecost happened a few days ago. The, the anniversary of Pentecost, really on the Jewish calendar, was a few days ago. We celebrate it Sunday the 31st. But understand something that the Lord had said to us last week. He said, my Holy Spirit is already there. Don't look for something like in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit had never been before. He is going to pour out in a different way that we can expect, that we can be excited about what he's going to do. And and Jim sent this to me. I thought I thought it was so profound because it 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 really confirmed some things that I, I was speaking to the Lord about during worship. I had a vision of an empty old cupboard except a jar of oil, a single jar of oil. As the oil was taken out of the cupboard, I would look back and another jar would be there. I would remove it and again another jar was there full of oil. This went on and on until I heard the Lord say, it will never cease as long as you seek me. I want to pour out my spirit on you even now in such a way that it will never cease. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you. 
We give you everything. Not just this time, but we give you everything that we are. Because that's all we have to give. Lord, your will be done this morning. As Hannah prayed, I I stand in agreement, Father. I ask that these words not be my words, but be your words only. Don't, Don't allow me even to speak my own words, because that's simply a waste of time. But Father, show your heart. Show your will. We love you so much, in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit is available and has been available. Now, why don't we experience what we see in Acts chapter 2? I've been pondering this, and, and really there are two reasons. There are two reasons. One is a recognition of authority that you have to even carry the Holy Spirit. And and I'm talking about those who are walking in relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about just anybody, yeah, I'll take the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. There is a responsibility to carrying the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about those who are already responsible in their relationship with Christ to carry the Holy Spirit. But many times they don't understand their authority in Christ. They don't understand or or perhaps don't fully believe what the Word of God says that we have inside of us, that we carry the authority over this world, the authority over sin, the authority over infirmity, the authority over things. And by the way, I've I've told you a thousand times that I am not preaching from some pedestal. I merely share with you the things that I go through. That's all. So this same struggle is what I struggle with. Understanding my authority in the Holy Spirit. Recognizing that when we pray over somebody, that there is a faith that I can have in authority to see that come to pass. That's one reason. But there is another. And this is one that I've come to understand in spending time with the Lord. And the other one is profound. His timing. His timing. See, there is coming a time where we will walk in the authority that He has given us. There is a time where we will walk in that calling and that power that He has given us to walk in. But it can't be before the timing in which He is laid out. Now, that part has nothing to do with us. really need to have an iPad that's not connected. I need to disconnect. Right? What was I saying? Authority. I have authority to make you be quiet. There you go. Yes, I'd like to tell you about this land we have for sale. I'm kidding. This authority that we walk in, the second part of it, what I was saying, is his timing. We have to walk, because we don't always know his timing, in in walking In his will, I may not know the timing of him having that power work through me. Are you with me on that? You understand what I'm saying? When we walk in his will, there will come a point, because he's promised it, where we will walk in that power, but we don't know when. Now, perhaps some of you have been told, I've not. I've been told to walk how I'm supposed to walk. And leave that part up to him. So understand that some 2,000 years ago, what happened at Pentecost, they also were expecting, just like we should expect right now, we should expect 
his promises to come true. We should expect the things that he has told us personally. And I'm not just talking about what he said in the word of God. I'm talking about even things that he has promised ignition. Carson's perfect healing. Right? He has promised that from the very beginning. And yet going on nine years, it has been a difficulty for him. He desperately wanted to be here this morning. Had a very difficult night last night. Was unable to. But there will come a point when God has everything aligned up as it needs to be for that power to fall. The only thing I can tell you is we're in that season. We are in that season. Lana put it best, for those of you who who, uh, uh, read anything with her, she put it best and talked about how this Pentecost begins a season of manifestation that the world has not seen. Now, there's a lot in that sentence. (laughs) You can read a lot into that sentence. But I know by faith what he has promised me. And I'm not talking about promised me for me. I'm talking about he has promised me for ignition. He has promised me for the world, for the area around here. And he has promised you. I know that there is nothing blocking that from happening. For those of you who have been listening for a while, and I know you guys have here, but for those online... If you've been listening for a while, then you know that we're in a season of change. The Lord first told me about this difficult time that we're in now. I preached about it last September 29th and knew that it was coming after the first of the year. Spoke about it more and it it became more refined as to what that was. And I've spoken as to what this is. And, and again, those, those aren't my words. It's what the Lord has said. But understand what is going on. Understand the times that we live in. Because even walking with Christ, even living in relationship with Him, if we take our eyes off of Him, we can misunderstand. We can misunderstand what's really going on. You know, this morning, I, I guess I, I don't I don't usually know. Alexa and I don't talk for for reasons you can imagine. We don't talk about what we're going to speak about. One, because I usually don't know till I stand up here. It's kind of difficult to talk about. But for hers, it's because if the Lord wants to speak something, we don't want to assume each other's voice. But I heard this morning that you talked about declarations, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I find that interesting because when I woke up this morning and I was spending time with him and, and I was asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to talk about this morning? He took me to Proverbs chapter 29. And if you know anything about Proverbs, Proverbs is not like most books. Proverbs is simply a whole bunch of declarations, a whole bunch of, of single advice processes, if you will. It, it's not a story. You know, it, it doesn't take you down this line of life. It, it's, more, it's more like a, a bunch of just wise nuggets that, that honestly, you could take each one and spend so much time in. But we're going to read a few this morning. I actually want to begin in chapter 28. That's where the first one is, but it's the last verse of chapter 28. And then we're going to skip a couple of verses here. But, but there are four that I want to read. Chapter 28, verse 28 says this. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. 
There's a lot in there. Think about that. When the wicked rise, the people hide themselves. When they perish, the wicked perish, the righteous increase. I'm, I'm just going to read these four and then we'll go back. Okay? Verse 2 of chapter 29. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Verse 4. By justice a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts tears it down. Verse 7. A righteous man knows the rights of the poor. A wicked man does not understand such knowledge. So let's go back. Those are, those are the four he highlighted to me in these passages. Verse 28. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. When you begin to think about this verse, you begin to think about the dominance that wickedness tries to have over this world. Now, now, by the way, what do I mean by wickedness? I mean, that means a whole lot of things, but bottom line, it's the difference of somebody who looks to God and does not look to God. Okay? When it talks about listening and living by the principles of God, this does not mean saved and unsaved. This does not mean somebody who knows Jesus Christ as Savior versus somebody who doesn't. Because I have known people that are saved, that have Jesus Christ in their hearts, that are as wicked as anybody else. So that's not the barometer. The barometer is what we allow God to flow through us. How transparent do we become as a Christian... To let God do his thing through us, not our thing. See, this world is set up in a way, and, and, and us as Americans understand this real well. This, this world is set up in a way where we're taught from a young age that, that we could do anything. You can, you know, this is America, this is the land of opportunity, you can do this, you can do that, and, and nothing can stop you except you. Right? We, we all bought those tapes. <laughs> I think Lex and I have a bunch of those tapes, right? Right? Where they motivationally encourage us to step out on our own will to accomplish something that deep within us we have the, not only the right to do, but the ability to do. See, that's human understanding. What would the world look like what would the world look like if it was run by people that allowed Jesus Christ to flow through them? That did nothing on their own accord, but did only what Jesus wanted to do through them? Wow, what would that look like? I don't know that utopia is even attainable in a fallen world. But that would be the closest that you could get to it. When Jesus is literally ruling this earth through his people. Well, guess what? If you've been paying attention for any length of time at all to what the Lord has been saying here at Ignition, you know that's exactly what he is doing. That is the process that he has begun. That's what is coming. Revelation 3.9 you haven't heard that one before. <laughs> right? He is readying his bride. His bride will be ready when he flows through his bride without anything else. I find it interesting that the Lord pointed out these declarations because, see, these are not just points of interest for us to learn. These are God's declarations. This is God's declaration over you, over me, over this country, over the world. Right? The second one, he said, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. Have we seen that once or twice? 
Have we seen that a lot? Do we see that now? Yeah. Why? Because the wicked do rule. Now, ignition, don't make the mistake of being pinpointed in your eyesight. Don't make the mistake of not recognizing what's really going on. Because there is a ruling class, whatever you want to call it, that does rule not just from one seat, but rules from every seat of power in this nation. Usually behind the scenes. If you don't think that's true, then you don't follow what goes on in politics very much. Why do you think that all the things that Trump wants to do, whether you agree with him or not, why do you think all the things that he wants to do, he has to fight for? Why do you think the majority of what he wants to do hasn't even been able to be accomplished? Why do you think? Well, wait a second. He's in the seat of power. He is the ultimate authority. Well, technically, there are three branches of authority, but, but he's the most powerful man in the United States and, and, and probably the world. So if the buck stops with him, why aren't there these changes coming, even when he says, this is what I want to do? It's because there is a resistance of those who really are in authority. Those who really flip the switches. Those who have the influence over this nation, over all other nations, to be able to push their influence, control, and power. Now, I'm not saying I know who they are, because I don't. If we knew who they were, that would kind of make things easier. (laughs) Right? But God knows. And God has begun a process to purge that. All I'm saying to Ignition is recognize what's going on. Recognize. This past week has been a tough week. This has been a difficult week for our nation. In my, in my wife's hometown where she was born, in Minnesota. Right? This horrible Horrible atrocity happened. And then it began other horrible atrocities. Do you understand what's happening? Do you understand that in this there is a purging that is coming? What have I been saying for months? What have I been saying? It's going to get chaotic. It's going to get dangerous. It's going to get crazy. Now, guess what? I'm here to tell you today, you haven't seen anything yet. And I don't say that with joy. I say that with a heaviness on my spirit. Now, I don't mean what you see going on the last couple days will continue. I don't know, it might. But that's not really what's going on. What's really going on is the chaos behind it because of this versus this. It is what God is doing to expose where people stand. He is exposing. He's exposing our very inner Feelings. And so many of us can't help but just show those feelings. And that's okay. But recognize that what is being shown is that division, that line of division. He is exposing the enemy. I don't begin to sit here and tell you that I understand how he does this. Why can't he just come and he he knows all the bad people. Why can't he just take them all out? 
I don't know. Except that I presume it has something to do with our choice. See, you have a choice to follow somebody. You have a choice to swallow something. To take in and believe or not believe. You have a choice. You have a right to that choice. And by the way, that choice is necessary for you to even be all in with God. Isn't that weird? For you to be all in with God, literally you had to have a right to choose not to be. That's love. But rest assured, what you see isn't always what's going on. The chaos you see is not necessarily the foundation of what's promoting it. Are are you with me on this? Because I'm trying to speak in generalities because that's what I'm talking about. This is more general than you think it is. Is there a problem with racism in this country? Yes. Yes, there is. Is that the real problem? No. No, it's not. Because, see, if we really have God in our hearts and we really let him flow through us, then there shouldn't be color. There shouldn't be. I mean, at best, God's not a white man. (laughs) I mean, literally. First of all, God the Father is not a man at all. But when he sent his only son to become a man, he became part of the most hated group of people in the world. Think about that. He became a Jew. Literally became the most hated. So this isn't about that. It's about where's your heart and what's your heart going to choose? See, God is changing the leadership, not only in this country. He will do it all over the world. I've told you this. It's happening. We're going to see in the next two months things happen where this chaos ramps up. And what Satan is doing to try to confuse, to try to bring fear, to try to bring infirmity, whatever he wants to try and bring, he will try and bring. Think of it almost almost like this. But parallel to that, the Lord is doing something. And there is going to come a point within the next two months, and I've said it, and I know people don't believe it, that's fine, give me a call when it happens. Because the Lord is going to do something supernaturally that will silence this part. It will silence What the enemy is doing. Because God will not be upstaged by the enemy. Period. Because he is giving his people a choice. A choice to believe. Even when he does this. And it will be a supernatural thing. It will not be something that you can... You can pinpoint and say, well, this is the Republicans. This is the Democrats. You know, this is this race, this is that race. It won't be any of that. I said, Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign of what that's going to look at, look like. I, I've asked him a million times, show me what that's going to look like. A couple days ago, he did something really odd. First of all, I knew it had to do with creation. I knew it had to do with, the, with his part, not, the, not man's part of this world. And he did something very odd a couple of days ago. I walk outside and, and we have this little dog. He's not a man's dog, by the way. I just want to make sure that's clear, even though he is my dog. This is an exaggeration. <laughs> that is an exaggeration. He's more like that. Okay. Thank you for that. He can almost fit in my pocket. Yeah. But I should have named him something really awesome like... You know, 
<laughs> like Charlie Brown. Okay, anyways, we won't, we won't go down that hole there. But, but we walk, walk outside, I take him out, and, and, and he's, he's sniffing this thing. It, it looked like a little piece of wood. But that's weird, because I didn't have my glasses on. I lean down, and all of a sudden these wings go like this. And a mouth opens, it's got these big old fangs. And I thought, okay, that's not a piece of wood, it's a bat. It was a bat laying on its back, and it, it, I mean, it it was a good-sized bat. You know, the bats, not the bats we have in Nigeria. I would have known that right away, because that would have been bigger than Charlie. (laughs) So this bat, you know, I, I... when it when its wings went out and and its mouth opened up, I realized, okay, this thing's alive. And quickly, I tried to get Charlie away from it, but I won't even go through the rest of the story of what I did with it and all that. No, 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 no. Everybody, I won't even go there. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to bring it back to health and all that stuff, and you know, that was, that was not allowed in our household. So it, it lived its last few moments in our garbage can. Even though it lived literally for two days. I mean, as of yesterday afternoon, it was still alive. But, but here, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's really odd to find a bat that's in perfect health, that's not flying away. What was it doing there in the first place? And I, I started talking to the Lord about it. And what he said to me is, I sent, you asked me for a sign, I sent you a sign. He said, my creation, when I turn my back on my creation which he said he will do for those ten days. He said, when I turn my back on creation, they don't, you don't even understand what their relationship with me means. That their very lives have to do with relationship with the Father. Now, I am not going to profess that I even know fully what this means. Except what I do know is bats bats are blind, they fly by sonar, right? It got messed up somehow. He flew into the side of the house. But as best as I could tell, it didn't break anything. But he couldn't fly. He could sure scream. You ever hear a bat scream? It's so high-pitched, I didn't even know it was coming from him. But it, it, it was, you know, Charlie's looking around like, what is that? <laughs> Apparently dogs can hear high pitch real well. But something went haywire in the way he can see when he flies. See, that's what's coming. The detachment to things in creation are going to show God's hand. And I didn't know how much the Lord was going to allow me to even reveal. But understand that he will make it clear that it's him. And it is coming. It will silence the chaos that's going on. You want to hear something interesting? Isn't it interesting how we would do so much better without the media? You know, see, when I grew up, we didn't have Internet. We didn't, we didn't have cell phones either, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you watch TV to get your news, you read the newspaper, whatever. You don't get this, you know, where you're glued to something and, and always ingesting all this information. Yeah. Right? It wasn't fake. It what? It wasn't allowed to be fake. It wasn't allowed to be fake. No, exactly. Well, what the Lord is doing... is he is going to fight what is being put out there by the enemy to distract. This chaos, whatever it becomes, and like I said, it's going to get worse. It's going to get a whole lot worse. 
I don't know how. I don't know in what way. It could be the way that it's manifesting right now. It could be different. could be both. could be a bunch. I just know it will get more and more chaotic, more and more fearful. That's why he's told his people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Now, I believe he was talking about the chaos, but I also believe he was talking about what he's about to do. Because he will bring a silence to the chaos. Just like you don't really hear anything about the pandemic anymore, do you? Isn't that funny? I thought we were all dying. I thought in a matter of moments, the United States would be erased off the face of the earth because of this pandemic if we don't all lock down and sit down and, and, and breathe into a tube or something. So as serious as that was, look, look at how easily the mind has shifted from the media. You know, they're like, and, and, and I'm not going to down media. Anybody here part of the media? Okay. They're like bobbleheads. Doing, 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 doing. Just looking for the next thing to absorb. We're supposed to keep our eyes fixed to see what's really going on. Doesn't mean these things aren't important. Doesn't mean the pandemic isn't important. Doesn't mean that, that what's going on now with, with race and the riots and everything. It doesn't mean those things aren't important, but recognize what's going on. God will shut down the chaos because something will become more to look at. And they won't know what to do. They won't know how to react because it won't be anything that man did or even understood. I want you to turn. The other passage he gave me this morning was Isaiah 59, and I'm going to just read through. I just want you to get this. I'm going to read through this and then just make some comments, and then, and then we'll be done. Verse 14 of chapter 59. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away, for truth has stumbled in the public squares. We could almost stop right there, couldn't we? Isn't that what is happening right now? Truth has stumbled in the public squares. In other words, truth and transparency has not made its way to those who govern us on any level. Right? And, and I'm talking about on a mass scale. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about on a mass scale. Because of that, justice is turned back. Because of that, righteousness stands far away. Uprightness cannot enter. Verse 15, truth is lacking. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it. And this is a key verse. Second half of 15. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. By the way, this is talking about Jesus Christ, his son, whom he sent, because nobody else could fulfill it. Only Jesus could fulfill it. Verse 17, he put, a, put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. To the coastlands he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord derives. And the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. 
See, the Lord has done the first part of this already. He sent His Son. His Son came, died on the cross for our sins, giving each and every one of us a choice to choose Him or not. But if we choose Him, we choose life. We choose to be able to walk in a pathway of righteousness, of relationship with Him. Verse 21, And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you, my words that I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, or out of your mouth of your offspring, or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. Remember, that is after. What Isaiah is talking about here was something that hadn't happened yet. Okay, this is hundreds of years before Jesus came. He declared the word of the Lord here. It hadn't happened until Jesus came to even make it possible. But he just declared, from that point forward, I will not take my my words out of your mouth out of your children's mouth, out of your children's children's mouth. In other words, I will always have a mouth that will tell you truth. Until He comes again, He will always give mouths that will speak truth. But you have the choice to believe it or not. Chapter 60, verse 1. And this is where I want you to focus as you leave today. This is his charge. This is his call forward. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And thick darkness the peoples. Equate that to what's going on and what is coming. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. How do you think? He's going to make his bride shine. How do you think in a world that is so accustomed to darkness, most of which we don't see, how would we react as a group if we saw the sexual slavery of five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. How would we react if we really saw that? See, we don't see it. We don't see so much of the corruption that goes on. God is bringing a transparency to that, literally to bring a darkness that is already there. But that darkness is to be shown. Why? Because the light that is in you, that you allow the Holy Spirit to be a light in your life, is to shine. The Bible says, light shines brightest in darkness. Why? I mean, it only makes sense that His justice comes in the form of showing truth. When when you... When you have a child that did something wrong and, and, and you correct them, right? And you don't just correct them. You don't just, whatever you do, whether it be giving them a spanking, whether it be putting them in the corner. For me, I always asked for a spanking because it was over right away. Hated to be put in the corner. But guess what my dad always did? 
Not the point of the story, but thank you. Yes, he did do that. No, but he always explained to me what I did wrong. He always sat me down and said, this is why you have the consequences that you have. This is why you're going to have to take what is coming. It's because of this. Why would God be any different when literally he teaches us to do that? He is exposing darkness, even within his bride, within the church. So he could say, this is what's going on. This is what you're doing. This is what breaks my heart. And then there are consequences of that sin. But those consequences bring Joy. What he is doing will bring joy. I'm here to tell you, there is so much hope in what's coming. You want racism to end? I do. You want it to end? Follow God. Why? Because he's not a racist. Hold accountable the people that say they're under him and yet lead in an improper way. We're the people, right? We're the people. The power is supposed to be in the people. And and what an example of not knowing your authority. That's not the authority to go take a gun and shoot somebody. That's not our authority. Our authority is to vote. Our authority is to to let our voice be made known, right? Where's the church been for years, for decades? Where's the church been? They don't know their authority because they don't know that their voice is supposed to be out there. Their voice is supposed to be heard. We're supposed to be the ones that fight what is coming up now, and yet we don't. See, that's what Martin Luther did. That's what he did. You didn't see him grab a gun and start a revolution. No, he started a much more powerful revolution with his spirit because it was the Holy Spirit. And he brought real change. Will the bride bring real change now? I would say I hope so. But what I'll tell you is I know so. I know so. Because God is doing something. He will make his truth be known. And it will be a choice for us. Alexis, come on up. We hear time and time again to seek the Lord, keep our eyes fixed on him, stay vigilant. And so I was thinking about so many things that God has shared with us through Greg this morning. And one of the things that I want to make aware, that we're aware of, but we don't think of the the consciousness part of it, is that we use our voice every time we make choices. When you think about it, what is it? Take to set the Lord always before you. Okay, in Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Okay, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. That is our choices. That is our agreement. Starting our day, you know, with worship. How many of us are in the habit of, as soon as we wake up, going to check emails, going to check uh, social media post reaction? Um, what is the sum total of our life is based on all of our, what you could say, our micro decisions, our, our, our small decisions throughout the day. And what that totals is how much the Lord has set before us, what that looks like, our time management. We are in a war for our time and focus and attention. You know, when Galatians 6 talks about the sowing 
in the flesh, to our fleshly desires, we reap what? Corruption. When you sow in the spirit, you reap life everlasting. The verse before that says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God, God will not be mocked for you to think that you'll have a different outcome when all of your choices lead to this outcome. And as far as some of the, the evils and the corruption, where we also can't be deceived is that it's a simple supply and demand. There would not be a pornography industry if there was not a demand for it because of the people's use of it. When you think of ratings, when I think of some of these opinion talk shows where they just spew out whatever they want to spew out, if people didn't watch, the show would die. That's, it's just a simple monetary fact. If there's not the ratings, if there's no appeal for it, and it's not a moneymaker, it doesn't work. And yet we give agreement to so many things we don't think about, whether it be movies or, or video games or whatever. Remember, when the bride, when God's people began to make choices that were not in agreement with his ways and his truth, we used our voice in agreement with Satan that kept those things alive. The corruption and the greed within the layers of our uh, political system and, and uh, you know, authority of governmental leadership, it became corrupted because of people sowing and sowing to their flesh, receiving bribes, recognizing that compromise is much more comfortable, and on and on and on. These things cannot continue when people don't choose them. So we wonder sometimes where we got so how did we get here? Have you ever evaluated your life and stopped and just said, wow, how did I get here? Sometimes on uh, December 31st, people do that. What in the world? I have got to start my diet tomorrow, January 1. Okay, like how did this happen? And yet we don't realize that every single day, giving our yes to the Lord does change our life. And one thing Satan doesn't want is any, and even the world uses this term, come to Jesus it was a come-to-Jesus moment. Satan does not want us to stop and reflect and say, okay, what are my choices? Am I setting the Lord always before me? Am I in all of my small decisions in life? Am I choosing? Am I coping with this and relaxing with that? When you fully know God and the fullness of God and his love, and we sang those beautiful additional worship songs about God's love and his faithfulness. When you know God, you know that he is the most wonderful friend to have, and he enjoys moments of relaxation, of rest, of fun, of thrill, of excitement. None of those things do we need to cope with in our life apart from him. And yet we do, and we do, and we do. And then we wonder that all of those choices that are, that are when God has a path here and we turn and we begin to cope and we begin to choose and choose and choose in little ways, little ways that, that Satan distracts our minds from thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just one little, it just, it's one little something, you know. They even, they even, people even understand the power of drugs. Some drugs, the moment you partake of the drug, they're, there can be a reaction in your, in your physical body where you're driven to want that. And it turns into addictions almost immediately in that area. It is powerful. And God, he gives us a pathway. And yet when we keep agreeing with the enemy, we wonder, how did we get here? What's happened? We don't stop long enough to let him take over. That's, that's really the practical application of some of these buzzwords and these phrases. And, I, and we don't want anything to be cliche and ignition. Give him your yes and, you know, press into God. And sometimes we hear these phrases over and over again. Stop for a moment and look at it in our lives. What does that look like? What is our daily life's choices producing? Is it producing less of me and more of him? When Facebook asks what's on your mind, what mind comes out in the posts? Is it the mind of Christ or the mind of our flesh, our carnal mind, our desire to do this for this reaction or do this so that we get a compliment so people make us feel better? And, and, and it doesn't have to be some hyper, super spiritual post. What I'm just saying is, do you think about those things? Do you, are we abiding in a place that, and, and are we ingesting 
the right thing so that when we're squeezed and stuff comes out, it will reflect what's, what, what's gone in. That is what walking with the Lord is. That is what um, the Christian walk and relationship with him is all about. And that is what hasn't happened. That is why the shaking has to happen. There would be no wake-up call um, of the Lord's hand of judgment and righteousness if there wasn't any sin to judge. And so this time is, it's really the Second Chronicles 7, 14. It, it, you know, and we've, I've shared that before, so I won't, I won't go into that again. But, but when the Lord was talking to Solomon about the temple and blessing it, he, he said basically if people fall into this, they will reap what they've sown. And when these things happen, when they, when they begin to experience the things that they've reaped from their, from their sin, the only way to turn it around is if my people, who are called by my name, Almighty God, will humble themselves, humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear them from heaven because he will always be found when we seek him. Always be found. He promises that. And he will forgive our sins and heal our land. And that is where we are. So there, don't fear what's to come. But you know, when, when Paul said, don't be ignorant. We're not to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. When we don't see this darkness, it is because of our ignorance and our lack of being in tune with the discerning of spirits through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've become ignorant to the level of darkness, as Greg said, that is already here. What we're seeing manifest in corruption everywhere and in violence and in horrific injustices and crimes is the darkness that is in the heart that is just vomited out. And I remember, of course, the video has been played and played and played of this horrific crime. By this officer and, and officers, but the one that came out before the additional video came, I remember just looking at him and at that experience and thinking, what must be the condition of a heart to have no empathy, sympathy, to have no response in the warnings from others, to be so filled with pride, so um, nihilistic that you're, you're just so consumed upon the, the lusts of whatever is going on in there, so dulled to anything of pure purity, righteousness uh, on any level. Those things happen when the heart becomes that evil. And the answer isn't found in looking to the flesh more. You know, when you used your example um, about uh, a child being disciplined and being told the right thing, I, I immediately the Lord brought to my mind, uh, when somebody has a, a counterfeit bill that's being at a store, they don't compare the counterfeit with other counterfeits. It would just lead you down more confusion. Well, it's kind of like this counterfeit, but well, yeah, but it's not really like it's like this one. No, you know if it's counterfeit by holding it up to the authentic, to the to the real, to the pure, to the right. That's how it's known. And right now, as we look to the flesh for answers, as we look to human reasoning. And instead of applying Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, don't lean on any of our own understanding. Because I don't know about you. I make a lot of jokes about the dumb blonde. But I'll tell you what. Even the wisdom of man from the smartest person alive does not compare to the wisdom of God. Right. And we need God's wisdom. Yes. We need the Holy Spirit's power. We need transformed minds and hearts. And so as we heed this word... As we heed this word from this message this morning, what does set being, the Lord being set before you every day look like in your micro decisions, in the focus that you give, in what you indulge in? Indulge doesn't have to be a dirty word. We can indulge in the fullness of God, and it doesn't have to be a, quote, spiritual thing. You know, when you, when you live and breathe and have your being in Christ, it's, it's not a, I'm putting my church on. You know, we have a lot of these worldly phrases where we have our God time and we have our this time. The God time is just always there. Why? Because we're sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's always there. So everything we do is in Christ. Unless we block it and allow other authorities to come in and interrupt that flow. So whatever's pulling you away, ask the Lord. Say, reveal me. Search me, O oh God. Know me. Try me. 
Know my heart, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way, anything that needs to go. And please take it. Please take it. Because then what will be produced is the God in me. Not the me, carnal, first Adam in me of sin. I'm going to just close this in prayer. Father God, we love you. We praise you, God. You are holy, God. We need you. Thank you for this word this morning.